0: Yeah, you know what you can get me a few What? El Hombre. That was a catastrophe. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, that's a new low. Yeah. is better. El Hombre. Brought to you by Hunt Services. El Hombre. The natural meat's Rudy meats. Ah, I don't even know how to describe it. El
1: Hombre.
2: He's here, everybody, every Tuesday at 5 o'clock. You find him here on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline, the one, the only, El Ombre, Michael Bradley is with us. How are you, man? What's happening, everybody? What is your favorite part of watching a 211 to 186 final in an All-Star game? Is that, is that just electricity final throughout buzzer. for you?
3: Final
0: buzzer. <laughs> I didn't watch a dribble of it
2: nor did I, I didn't watch
0: any of it I watched <laughs> I watched Saturday night the dunk contest must go It can no longer exist this three-point shooting is on life support and I like the INSQ against Steph Curry but this is this is a broken uh, product that is now becoming an absolute laughing stock. and for the N- NBA to allow it to continue in its current form is basically inviting ridicule
3: Yeah, they were saying uh, Saturday night, that's when the dunk contest and all that was up 10% um, as far as –
0: Yeah, well, up 10% from the lowest ever. It's still – in the All-Star game was up also, but it's the second lowest ever. I mean, nobody's paying attention to this nonsense. It's it's horrific. The game is a joke. People throwing up three-quarter court shots, Mm -hmm. running down the court. Nobody's playing any defense. They either have to incentivize it more by giving real money to the winning team or they just got to say, look, we're going to we're gonna stop it. We're going to let them do layup lines and interviews and YouTube videos and all that stuff. But just don't try to give us any kind of fiasco like what happened out on the court.
3: Yeah, you know? I'm sorry. Well, I
0: was just
2: going to say ahead. everybody's saying it's broken and there's all this outrage. And Kendrick Perkins is saying it's embarrassing. I'm like, it's been this for decades. I understand the score was even more... R- ridiculous than it normally is, but it's not like we're talking about you know one hundred two to ninety eight finales in the All Star Game. It's always been one sixty seven to one fifty nine. I mean, nobody plays defense; they're throwing alley oops off the backboard. It's it's always been like this. Why why the outrage you know, now? No,
0: it hasn't. It hasn't always been like this. This is embarrassinger than it's ever been. And I always say, it, I'm like, embarrassinger. I'm <laughs> Embarrassing. Here, no, here's the deal, and, and this is the truth. Go back to the eighties, the seventies. Even into the 90s, those guys were playing. One of my students was laughing today, and he said they were watching a, a video from a game like in the 80s or 90s, and, and it was getting down to the end, and, the, and the, the, the announcer's going, the West still has a foul to give. And it's like you know, they were treating it like it was a real basketball game. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that, sure, there were t- you know, they weren't playing lockdown D, and they weren't running over screens and you know, doing uh, tremendous uh, baseline protection. I get that. But, but this is not even and, – and the offense stinks, too. I mean, it was, it was a joke. It's Damian Lillard, what did he take, 90 shots or something? I mean, it, it, was, it, just, it just has no resemblance to a game of basketball. And the fact that there are people out there – and this, this is my main, main contention with young people who actually think that this is good stuff, that they enjoy this shows me that they really don't – they've been poisoned by a quote-unquote product, and I mean the regular season NBA, that is crap to begin with. So, therefore, this stuff is even worse.
3: Yeah, I thought a lot of people were were texting back and saying, yeah, it's been like this for a long time. But, I don't know, there was something more – it was more buffoonery than than ever. Um, there was, yeah. you know, as far as like I don't remember that many half court shots, and then just walking and not even trying. I mean, I think they at least feigned some kind of effort in the past, but now I don't know. It's what, what do you think? First of all, did you feel that same way? And then secondly, what what would you do to the game? Just scrap it and do something else? And what no, would you do? No,
0: I, I look. It, first of all, I didn't watch. Again, I didn't watch any of it. So I can't tell you whether or not it's, it's any really, you know, w- what, what was going on. I just saw highlights, you know, Same. Luka Doncic yeah. and, and Jokic running down the court, passing it back and forth with one hand. You know, that, that's kind of silly. But one of my students today actually had a great idea, and, and you have to get creative like this. Make it like the TBT, the basketball tournament that goes on in the summer. You put together a team of guys who either grew up in or went to college in Philadelphia. Then wherever the game is being played, you put together an all-star team of guys who were from that area. You know, maybe it means you expand the rosters. The other thing you got to do is the winning team, a million dollars a guy. You want to see some players come out and lace up their sneakers a little tighter? Yeah. Put, a, put a, million, a million on there. And, and by the way, second place, you get a set of steak knives. That's <laughs> it. No, no money for losing, okay?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I guess if you oh, you, you, you got to incentivize guys in in large cases are making generational wealth as it is, but here's an extra million for you to try. A
0: Million dollars? I, I think they'd be okay. I, I, I'd play hard for a million bucks.
2: I'd pay. I'd play hard for a lot less, but you know, nobody's yeah. paying to see me but, play. I mean, if
0: I say but, I'm making, look, everybody thinks that every NBA player is making thirty million dollars. No, right, right, there right. There is right. A, a collection of them who are making that, and and, and there are a lot of all stars who are making that. But I, I still remember back in the day and being in an NBA locker room in the 90s and even in the early 2000s, where if you're giving a guy 500 bucks, a thousand bucks to show up at a car dealership, that was all I asked somebody one time, why do these guys care about getting a thousand dollars, the NFL, a bounty for making a hit or in the NBA showing up to help one of your buddies at something? They're going to give you a thousand in cash. And someone said, it's money their wives don't know they have.
2: Hey, what, one other note surrounding the world of basketball, now it's not not the NBA, but college. Did you hear uh, the quotes from Rick Pitino?
0: Yes. Rick yes. uh,
2: Pitino. I, I'd read about him, but hearing him is just different. We just played the clip earlier, and hearing right. him just <laughs> – I mean, he. let's just hear one for those who are just tuning in. i got to hear this again. Just play it, and uh, then we'll get your reaction. Go ahead.
0: It's really the, all the toughness things of why we give up leads – we are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling, and really it's not about losing. Because even in winning, winning when we watch the film, I see unathletic plays, I, I see people that don't handle the ball, that's just interested in taking quick shots, so it's been a disappointing year. If you had to do it over again, would you have attacked your first off-season differently? I had no choice, we just could take who we could get, who was available, we had no choice. Um, I don't think we were going to win the first year anyway because when you rush like that and you don't see the players and you just not, – not a whole lot we can do. But it's um, – I think I've enjoyed even, – even the Celtics when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year. But this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching.
2: oh my goodness what if you're a player on that team he just sounds like i'm only here with you because i've got no other choice
0: bradley so get out there and and try he's he's throwing everybody under the bus but himself he's throwing his assistants under you guys went out and found these guys and and brought them to me um he's throwing his players under you know he's not throwing under rick patino Right, here's this legendary coach whose team keeps blowing leads, and it's everybody else's fault but him. And, and I just look at it and say, you know what, he, he is somebody who, if, if, I'm the, if I'm the athletic director of St. John's, the president of St. John's, a board member at St. John's, I, I'm calling him in the office and I'm saying, hey, Rick, you're getting your mulligan. You better be appreciably better next year, and you better not be blaming all the kids because you're, you're making us look bad for hiring you. I mean, they took a risk anyway. Let's face it, you know, having, having an affair with a woman in, in, a, in a restaurant, you know, the stuff he did in Louisville. I mean, you know, this is, this is not exactly a choir boy they hired. And now they're not winning and he's making it seem like it's everybody else's fault. Very unattractive.
3: Well, and I think for and you teach a bunch of kids about this age, uh, you'd much rather be called lazy and stupid than unathletic. <laughs> I that
0: was the yeah. yeah.
3: That was the that's, funny that's part. I
0: when I go into class, I am like, "You guys are lazy," and you know what I what I like to do is when they're, when their classmates present, I tell them they have to close their laptops so they're not rude to their classmates, and then I say, "You can be rude to me." <laughs> because I have the ultimate say with your grade. But don't be rude to that. And they look at me like, wait, he knows that I'm not paying attention? It's always great to see some kids sitting there like 10 feet away from me, looking at something on their, their screen, laughing, like like suppressing the laugh. And it's like, I'm not telling great jokes at this moment. I'm doing something else. So you're clearly not paying attention to me.
2: By the way, did you see that movie with Paul Giamatti that he's up for an Oscar for, The Holdovers? I haven't
0: seen it yet. i, I got to see it. I've been told I have to see it. Um, I, I really do want to see it. It is
2: very good. And I thought of you is it because he's a teacher and he's he's kind of hard-nosed about what he does. And not, not that you're exactly that way. It's just something about it. I was thinking, I wonder if... This is how Michael is. Can you is imagine
3: there? being called out by El Hombre in class? That would, Yeah, because he I calls don't. me out and us see, out every week. I don't
0: call week. them out. I don't, <laughs> call, I don't call them out. That's the thing. I say to them, I'm like Santa Claus. I said, the Santa Claus, when you were a kid, send you a mid-year uh, update on your behavior? said, hey, you better shape up there, Bobby, or else you're going to get cold. No, you just wake up on Christmas morning, and you didn't get the, the Schwinn bike that you wanted because you didn't behave properly. I sit there and I know everything that they're doing. I know who's goofing off. I know who's not paying attention, and I don't say anything to them. I don't want because you can't. They're so dick. they're so gentle. They're so so delicate. If you called <laughs> one of them out, they they might start weeping in the middle of class. <laughs>
2: hey, one one of the uh, one of the one of the guys we were talking about earlier in the show uh, in the world of baseball is Anthony Rendon who's been an utter train wreck since he went to the Angels. He had a brilliant year, his final year with – we were talking about players that you maybe you wanted to come to your team as a free agent that ended up elsewhere and busted out. He was a guy coming off that year in Washington that I was like, man, I would love to see that guy in a Mariner uniform. How cool would that be? And now he's playing in the Angels and Otani and Trout. And oh, my goodness, what a, what a who's who that's going to be to deal with. And he has just been a disaster and he he's complained about the length of the season saying it's too long and, and then Pappelbond came out on Twitter and said this guy I've played with him he doesn't even like baseball and then he does his his little <clears throat> press conference today where he's like yeah, yeah it's not a priority for me it's a it's a job it's a, you know my family's a priority yeah. my my faith and all which is fine but for for fans when you sign a 7 year 235 million dollar deal they'd like to feel like you're a bit invested in the success of your franchise right
0: so it, this is beautiful. How, how would you like to be an Angels fan? And I go on the radio in LA on the station that is not only carrying Angels game but is owned by Artie Marino. So I got to be really careful how I talk about that when I get on there. Mm. But you had Shohei Otani. You know the, the term generational talent gets thrown around a lot. This guy's a generational talent. Oops, he didn't only leave. He goes across town to the Dodgers. He didn't go across the country. He's still in, in the in the same area. Then you have Anthony Rendon, who comes off, as you said, a great season. You signed him the contract. What has he played, like 53 games at the most he's played or 56 games in any of the seasons he's played so far?
3: Yep, four and years. And telling
0: me he doesn't like it. Meanwhile, Mike Trout signs a $2 billion contract, and he gets hurt every year. This, this team is completely and utterly star-crossed. Star it it's, it's, it's sad now because the Dodgers keep accumulating new talent, including yours. And you guys get guys like Anthony Rendon, who are saying family, faith, bocce, pickleball, uh, barbecuing, and then maybe baseball.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really that. I know that's one thing that um, that the Seahawks do. And I, I, you know, whenever you talk about the Seahawks now, it's it's John Schneider. But you really have to love the game. It's not like other jobs, you know. This this is yeah. something. And and look. I thought the, the the ridiculous thing was like, well, my wife and kids. Can, well, uh, of course, but I mean, still, you don't have to put it that way. And you gotta, you know, you gotta make the fans happy. And you know, I was saying, Michael, that now all of a sudden his batting stance makes sense. His batting stance looks like he doesn't give a crap about baseball, and find out he truly doesn't.
0: And look, you're, you're right about you know, if, if I'm a general manager of a team in in any sport. And I'm going to be interviewing somebody or looking to accumulate talent, whether it's a rookie, a free agent, it's a trade. I want to sit down and, and ask that guy how he feels about the game. And then the first question I'd say is, what do you love about baseball? I'll go right to the uh, what's that movie with uh, about the kid who's write, with writing the article, writing the article for Rolling Stone about the Stillwater. The oh, band almost Stillwater. famous.
1: Yeah, yeah. Almost yeah.
0: famous. What, Russell, what do you lo- What do you love about music to begin with? Everything. Yeah. That's what I want to hear. What do you love about baseball? Everything. I love the smell of my glove. I love a fresh cut outfield. I love putting on the uniform every day. That's the guy I want playing for me. I don't want someone who says, eh, it's a job. That guy, I I don't sign him. I don't want him on my team. Unfortunately, the Angels have him on their team, and they're paying him 30 plus million dollars a year.
2: Oh, man. Uh, a guy who's uh, the polar opposite of that is on your Phillies, the, uh, the oh. one and only Bryce Harper. Um, and, I, and I read an article last night where he was talking about wanting to resign. He's still got time left on his deal, certainly, but he wants to play into his 40s, and he doesn't want to go anywhere else. He wants it to be with the Phillies, and I just – I can't think of a guy who at the beginning of his career was sort of perceived as a bit of a brat or a brash, knucklehead, whatever you want to say, but has lived up to every bit of his hype. multiple-time MVP, World Series champ, and, and winning over that Philly crowd. That's a tough fan base, as you know. You're a tough guy to win over. He's done it. I mean, I'm I, and I'm guessing people out there love to hear him say, I want to play into my 40s, and I want it to be with the Phillies.
0: No, no doubt about it. And, and this is a guy – who was – this is one of the most carefully uh, planned and strategized arrivals in a town of all time, right? He immediately said, okay, what do Philly fans like? They like guys who play hard, okay? They like guys who play with enthusiasm. They like guys who play with passion. He brought that immediately. But they like the Philly Fanatics, so he started wearing Philly Fanatic cleats and Philly Fanatic headbands. (laughs) He started doing things like hitting walk-off grand slams in games. So he delivered on the field, off the field. He has the owner's ear, and he keeps telling the owner, go get this guy. Go get this guy. Spend more money. We want to win. Get him. Get him. And and, and, he's, and he, now he's saying, I want to stay here more. And, and I saw an interview with him about they just signed Whit mm-hmm. uh Witt Merrifield, the former Royals player, who's going to play as a utility player. And he said, Witt, he knows him, and he called him up, and he said, I was talking to him about Philly. And talking to him about the organization, he's an ambassador. He's selling guys. He's got a guy who wanted to go and get a three-year deal and be a starter, taking a one-year deal who's going to be a backup second baseman and outfielder. And and, that, and Harper had part of that. He is beloved here. He has a chance if he stays here for another eight or nine years to be, to join the Mount Rushmore of Phillies players with Mike Schmidt, Steve Carlton. You know Utley's on there. It, it's going to be tough to get a spot, but if they win a, if they win a World Series with him it's going to be he's going to be lionized and deified
3: what an unbelievable turnaround for him just because i, I felt yeah. like he was kind of a brat in the beginning what about the other guy there in philly that he said i wish all these people would die or something and then yeah. you know, bone was oh, it no. bone
0: oh no bone was bone was i hate this effing place after yeah. he made three errors in one game and guess what he got booed and he should have gotten booed he was playing third base like a giraffe on roller skates for a while. That, <laughs> yeah. That's what he looked like. Now he's gotten better. He's embraced. And he was smart. Again, you know, it's not hard. Philadelphia fans, we're, we're not rocket scientists here, okay? <laughs> it's not really difficult. You stand up and take responsibility. So the next day yeah. he said, look, I said it. I'm sorry I was wrong. I, I, I love it here. I was frustrated. It was stupid. I don't mean it. And I was like, we love you, Alex that's 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 the way it works here guys who come in and start you know ricky waters for who for what all that stuff you you don't stand a chance you don't stand a chance bryce harper has taken every correct step
3: so you can pretty much they prefer you to spit in your face and then you can tell me you're sorry later and i will love you i mean no i mean i love that i i think that that's it's very real and uh i I, that feels like a fan base that i would want to play for
0: Look, here's how it works in Philly, and, and, and this was told to me by a friend of mine. He's driving with a client through South Philadelphia. He swears this is the true story, and they're lost. This is before GPS. So then he says, uh, "Roll," it goes, go up to that corner. There's a guy standing on the corner, some wise guy. They, they drive up. My friend rolls a window down. He's in the passenger seat. He says, yo, what would you do with Dickinson Street? And the guy goes, <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. The first guy goes, excuse me, can you tell me where Dickinson Street is? And the guy goes, ah, and walks away. And my buddy goes, you got to ask for directions in Philadelphia. Roll up to another wise guy. Yo, what the did you do with Dickinson Street? (laughs) It's two blocks up on the left, you so-and-so. That's how you ask directions in Philadelphia. (laughs) So we're tough. But
2: we also will help you out. I like that. Well, I, I I don't think anything represented the nature of the of the fandom out there better than the guy catching babies from a burning building and somehow squeezed yep. Nelson Aguilar's inability to catch a ball. The... Yeah,
0: catching babies, not like Aguilar. Yeah, it was great. He's no, being interviewed amazing. on
2: the news about catching babies out of a building and slips in a reference to a receiver that he's felt let him down. Just and by
0: the way, and and just to show you the news the news station ran it right yeah. it was it was it was it wasn't like they said we can't run that it's bad against Bagler no no we love it yeah, oh, at him. So, yeah we're 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 it's tough here but also the people the people are fair and if they love you you can do no wrong. It's just like at Animal House. Hey, he can't do that to our pledges. Only we can do that to our pledges.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that 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 soundbite is gold. That will live forever. Yeah. That is just
3: hilarious. I love how he looks at the the camera too. Like yeah. unlike Aguilar, yeah, <laughs> <It's> just
0: <laughs> unlike, yeah. I'm catching stuff. Unlike Aguilar,
2: so classic. in that setting, burning building, babies coming out of there, and he's he's bringing up Aguilar. It's that's classic. Uh, he is El Hombre Michael. Bradley. He's with us every Tuesday at 5 o'clock. You find him here. You can find him on Twitter as well, at Daily Ombre. At Daily Ombre. Interaction's still going well with the, your Seattle Absolutely. faithful?
0: I got, I got one guy. I love him. His is Mark Sheehan. He's just out of the blue. Hey, Ombre, which one of these five would you prefer? Or what do you <laughs> think Rob Manfred should do? But just it, on Twitter, just sends me crazy questions. I love it.
3: So, and he's yes, a Seattle guy? I, I enjoy guy?
0: it. Yes, yes.
3: Okay. Did he call him Manfraud?
0: Well, no. Mansfraud's the commissioner of Major League Baseball.
3: Oh, yeah. I thought so. I'm sorry. That's, that's
0: <laughs> yeah, no, name's no, no, Mark no. Sheehan. Here we go. El Ombre. Doesn't Patino realize he's admitting he's failed as a recruiter, or is he that ac- arrogant? That's why I'm why I'm on the while I'm on the air. So I mean, this guy's always out there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, oh, okay. there you go. You can you can find him here, and you can find him on Twitter at Daily Ombre. Michael, great stuff. We'll do it again next week, my friend.
0: So long, suckers.
3: Oh, great you know, stuff. It, it totally makes sense, though, of a rough you know, town like that where it's like immediately it seems kind of harsh and seems like, you know, why, why are they treating me this way? But then, you know, once you win them over, you're, you're golden. You're like in. They can pretty much say anything. Yeah, you're in then.
2: All right, coming up, what is the off-season priority for the Seahawks? We're going to get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and
0: Bob powered through the Alaska Airlines studio on Seattle sports and the Seattle sports app.
2: Our thanks once again to Michael Bradley, El Lombre. joined us in the previous segment. If you missed any of that conversation, it will be available on the podcast page after the show at Seattle sports. Com. Well, we went through the uh, earlier in the show, for those of you who are just tuning in, or read down the list of Seahawks free agents as it sits right now. Now, there are some at the end of the list. With all due respect to them, most fans aren't going to know. Uh, but you look at the top of the list, Leonard Williams, Bobby Wagner, Drew Locke, Phil Haynes, Devin Bush, Noah Fant, Jordan Brooks, Evan Brown, Daryl Taylor, Mario Edwards, Damian Lewis, Colby Parkinson, DJ Dallas, Michael Jackson, Jake Curhan, Miles Adams, and then those other guys,
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> the uh, Brady Russells, Ty Okada, Okada. yeah, uh, Patrick O'Connell, and Joshua Nojugu, something like that. Um, Close enough. Yeah, I'll, we'll just go with that. But uh, of that list, we were talking about the priorities for this team, like looking at the names and just going, "How do you, how does Mike McDonald run his offense or defense, depending on which player, without this guy?" Like mm-hmm. you, you got to bring this guy back, and as you said, well, you you got to field a team. So I would assume some of these guys are coming back. But just of the ones where you feel like, man, if
3: this guy moves on, that's a big hole. Yeah, I think I think Jordan Brooks is number one. You put uh, him above Leonard Williams. Above Leonard Williams, just because we're talking about Big Cat and what he meant and what a good deal he got. And just to reiterate the the way that you read that before was that. The Seahawks did only pay him. What was it, six hundred forty-seven thousand or something like yes.
2: that? Yes, yeah. So I mean, that's proration of the of the veteran minimum, right?
3: So yeah, it was a, it was a huge deal. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that the wrong way, not per game, but you know, because the veteran minimum is a million fifty. Yeah. So you know, ten and games
2: and worth of that. Played ten games. So
3: forty-seven. Yeah, but I, I mean, and that's a good deal. Um, you gave away a second rounder, but. If he does go and sign a free agent contract somewhere else, then the the NFL will give them some sort of compensation uh, as far as a pick goes. So they might be able to to get that back. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I think that's that's really you might look at it and go, okay, well, he's number one just because he's you know you traded for him, you gave up a second and everything. But what are you going to do without? I'm I'm ninety percent sure they're not sure they're not bringing back Bobby and then you know you Devin Bush didn't really work out and and so and now Jordan Brooks is left and then did they not pick after up, that
2: did they he had first rounder right so he had a fifth year usually a team option for a fifth year did they choose not to pick that up i guess cuz um, he's only played 4 years
1: yeah. i've got that right
3: right yeah i'm not it, sure about that but i either
1: way i don't i don't think he's yeah, the they, answer yeah uh, they they declined it then cuz it would have been 12 million it looks like
2: Hmm. So yeah. Maybe they think they can sign him to a longer-term deal at a less per year average or something. Yeah. I don't know.
3: Maybe I I don't know what uh, what they're thinking there. But I mean, after that, I mean, if you look at the three linebackers there, we're talking about uh, Bush, uh, Bobby Wagner, and and Jordan Brooks. Like after them, the drop off is pretty drastic. I mean, I Paul think.
2: And Radigan, right?
3: Radigan, I think, is a really good linebacker. But I mean, he hasn't really played. Uh, Is he a starter in this? Like
2: you go, that's our guy who starts week one. No, same with Belor. I feel like Belor. I love his versatility. I love that he's special teams. He can play fullback. He can play linebacker. He's obviously a great guy. On top of it, very funny. But
3: do you, do you feel like oh good, we got Belor in there. We got Radigan. We're good. Well, I mean, I, the, the one thing I always looked at those guys that I, was always a breath of fresh air because they would hit guards and hit fullbacks and that's something that Bobby just didn't do.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: so that that's where my appreciation for those guys came from but to look at it objectively no. You don't. And you know Mike McDonald's trying to build this new defense here and that's that's the was the biggest pressing issue in the offseason. and to not have your your inside linebacker group. I mean that that part of it cuz the two guys he had Roquan's, Roquan Smith and uh and Patrick Queen, those two guys were just so instrumental to that defense. I mean, they they pretty much just did everything. Rushing the passer, all the blitz looks, and then dropping out, coverage, everything. I mean, they were just flying around the field. And, yeah, you don't have that. So yeah. I, I, I think Jordan Brooks is, is definitely the more, and even the more I think about it, because we talked about this earlier, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's Jordan Brooks. It's like the more you think about it, the more you go. Well, we got to get that guy locked up, or yeah, get it, somebody in his place. Whether well, it's, and that yeah, that's what I asked
2: you earlier about. You know, you've you've really gone out of your way to point out this guy almost always makes the right choice. He always makes the he's in the right spot. He's doing the right thing. So that's one level because you weren't getting that out of other guys, including Bobby at times. Uh, but. There's the next level, the guy that makes the big splash play and is a problem, the guy you look at, you know, whether we're talking about Fred Warner out there or Greenlaw, you're watching those linebackers. It doesn't feel like he's yeah. He's not he's he's a notch below that. So I would agree. How tough is he to replace?
3: Well, I mean, first of all, I think he started to make plays and it just took him a while. Um look, he came in as a rookie and was doing things in the past defensive game that were things that sometimes eight nine year vets don't do one example picking up deep crossers i mean it's just a it's just a fundamental thing that's hard to remember and especially for a guy who didn't play a lot of pass defense when he was at is it texas tech where he went i think anyway his i remember looking at his film he was mostly either a spy or a guy that was blitzing he wasn't he wasn't covering. Or mm-hmm. he was covering a guy man-to-man because he had the speed. So he really picked up all of the zone concepts. And he's just getting better and better and better. But I think – and I think he can be that guy. But right now, is he on the level of Patrick Queen or, I don't know, Levante David, guys that are playmakers that make – no, not not quite. But I think he's on his way there.
2: So he'd, he'd be your one. Williams would be two? Yeah. And then – who would be next drew lock i guess i mean outside of that i don't you know listen daryl taylor's on that list we touched on that earlier he's he's had moments where you went wow this guy we watched him doing the drills right in front of us when we were out there at at training camp and just going marveling at his athleticism and and you know this guy is just uh unpolished diamond at this point can't wait to see what he's going to be and it just hasn't happened yet it just for whatever reason and i don't know if that's a him thing i don't know if that's coaching maybe he's Maybe he thrives under McDonald in that defense. I I don't know. But he's he's a free agent, and I look at him going, well, unless you can bring him back for really cheap, you're a team right now that's up against the cap. How big of a priority is, is he at this point?
3: I'll be very curious to see, since you, you brought that up. Um, I know John Schneider wanted to go get teachers. And I noticed this when, when I was – went into the NFL and I've talked about this before that we spent so much time on scheme and getting all of our checks down and our rules and everything. And then applying that to the opponent that there was never any like just fundamental coaching of just like, here's how you make this play and you can't, nobody's ever told him in the run game, you can't turn your shoulders. You can't, you're going to get, you're going to get pinned. You're going to get blocked. And he does that constantly. So I'm I'm just curious if maybe they look at film on Daryl Taylor and go, hey, if we can get him to do this and do everything technically right now, is he the kind of guy that can handle that? Or is he, you know, he's kind of a live wire every once in a while. He'll kind of do looks like do his own thing. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that's that's going to be one guy that I'll look at that if they do keep him here just to see, like, how much he learns and how much better he gets because there's lots of, you know, and this is, what, year three or four for him? This will be his up.
2: fourth season. I mean, his second season, year before, the most recent, obviously, is was his best year, nine and a half sacks. He had four forced fumbles, one fumble recovered, had a pass defense. Uh, so he he's a guy that, you know, he, he stacked up some stats that year, and you you came out of his second year going, wow, okay, this guy's going to get it. This well, he, did,
3: he didn't even really have a first year. Yeah, Remember, because well, he was hurt. It was yeah, during the didn't pandemic. didn't play his first year. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, uh, but I think that will be something to keep your eye on is like, you know, John, again, talked about Getting guys that are teachers, and maybe some of these guys are just like you said, like a a, a, a raw, you know, a diamond in the rough that they they can uh, take him and polish him up, get him going, and see what what happens there. But I think that's that's going to be interesting to to keep keep our eye on. And but right now, I would just say to me, Daryl Taylor, I don't, uh, I'm not a fan.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I'm kind of with you. If they if they don't bring him back, I'm not going to wonder. Oh my goodness, how does the defense survive? Yeah, I, I mean, but if they bring him back, to me that says McDonald and his staff see something in him. He's certainly shown the potential, but this past season was, was pretty disappointing.
1: Yeah.
2: All right, coming up, there are always important life lessons to be learned, and we're going to hear about one of them coming up next with Wyman and Bob. It is Seattle Sports on Seven Ten.
1: This is a house of learned doctors. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What did we learn today?
0: No one's a bigger idiot than me. It is the easiest way out.
2: We always learn. There's never a, a show we leave without some level of knowledge we didn't enter the show with. So
1: it's always a it's always a big win, isn't it, Lefko? Don't we feel like we're doing a service to us and the listeners? Yeah, I would feel very disappointed. As a listener as well, if we didn't learn something one day. That's right. So, That's right. Uh, we will start off with the fact that kudos to Dave Wyman. He has outworked all of us this week.
3: I didn't know uh, we had yesterday off until like 11 o'clock. <laughs> oh, yesterday. really? You got yeah. up and got prepared and said, hey, yeah, nobody planned at, anything. There's no email. I know. I was looking through things, <laughs> and I got a couple of uh, stories together, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Nothing's
1: the sheets blank. I okay. was curious if I was going to get a text, and you figured it out on your own. So I'm proud of you. Yes, I did. <laughs> All you had to do—that's kind of Holiday I'm proud of you,
3: Bonneville. <laughs> I'm
1: proud Throw of you. Throw that in the internet. <laughs> machine. Well, I, I had legit—you weren't here on Friday, so I did have legitimate curiosity. Like, wait, does Dave know? Maybe not, because it's not the most obvious holiday to take off. So
3: yeah, exactly. Well, we and tend so, to work most of right. them. Yeah, and so I texted Kyle instead of. Mike, because i knew uh, kyle wouldn't be an ass about it
1: <laughs> i would not oh, and i would sure. not be because you've done it before and i've said no we have today off that's what i'm talking about
2: <laughs> does it make you feel good
1: that he's proud of you dave
3: yes oh yeah it's very
1: <laughs> very condescending <laughs> legitimately was just worried about you i wanted you to enjoy the day you don't worry about working it's funny i did i said i didn't figure it out till 11 but i think i
3: got up at like 10 30 which you, i think is your time of awakening is uh usually 11 yeah 11 yeah. yeah yeah right around there so yeah it's not like i went and got you know in the shower and got you know dressed up in my special radio clothes <laughs> <That's right>. uh-huh. <laughs> your sports
2: talk show host clothes yeah fish with a,
3: what is that, a fairy on there? Uh, That's uh, Tinkerbell, and she is being, or he is being uh, pursued by a huge trout. Makes sense. How about that? Yeah. Somebody, I I said it was a salmon or something, and somebody texted in, probably your dad. (laughs) It's like, fish people love to tell you how much
2: they know about fish. It doesn't surprise me. Someone's going to tell me, oh, it's Nordic rock bass on your shirt.
3: I don't care. (laughs) You misidentified a dummy. Remember when I caught that uh, that rockfish that was like rare? I caught like the rarest fish when we went fishing. Do you think it's possible they just told you you caught the rarest fish to make you feel special for the day? Different from the other ones. It really did. Was it really shiny? (laughs)
2: No. Is it is it it mounted on a wall somewhere now? Uh, Where is it?
3: I love how much Matt loves fishing. We went out there
1: fishing. Yeah, big Fisher. Fisher. (laughs) Big Fisher. (laughs) You missed that from Friday. That's what I said. Yeah. Oh, you were saying fisher? I said fisher one time. I've heard fisherman.
3: somebody say that. And yeah, it's like I get it. Yeah. It's yeah,
1: fisher. They're a fisherwoman. You're too. fishing. You're a fisherman. You're fisherwoman. Fisher. Fisher what do you do? You a fish. Fisher. You're a fisher. Yeah. You're a it's fisherman. A it's like Pete. Pete would always say he's a
3: good catcher.
2: He's, <laughs> okay, he's a great <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> catcher.
3: Really catches that ball. He's a great catcher.
1: Uh, what else did we learn? Uh, well, today we heard from Shannon that she scouted out the house for us. So uh, we did learn about the most important part of spring training.
2: If the team's healthy, that's fine. We need the weather to be good when we get out there, Dave. That's really what everybody cares about.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Our comfort. I lived down there for for a number of years, and uh, it was always kind of a treat when it rained
2: down there. Well, we had a really nice
1: treat last year, didn't we?
2: (laughs) We were worried about getting electrocuted
1: or knocked off the air. It was a a bit of a storm. I did get the uh, house scouting report. That was the first thing I asked her. She said, a lot of space, more bathrooms. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I was excited Perfect. about that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Let's hope. Uh, Bob will need his own
3: bathroom. That's and the right. the rest of us will share. And let's hope Salk one.
2: isn't using that one. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. All right. Coming up. Is going to be some hair removal oh, going on?
2: geez. We're going to have to vacuum in there. We're going to have to get the Swiffer. We're, yeah. It's, it's going to be like it's a, a grooming area.
3: Yeah, I think we were all on kind of pins and needles, uh, living in the same house with Bob. You know, and I, when we when we first got there last year, we went to Target, and I'm like, "This is so we can remain friends, okay? Yeah. We're, we're already co-workers, Let's remain friends." So we got like the wipe downs and the hand sanitizer and all that stuff.
2: That's very much appreciated.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, three.
1: Three dudes using the
3: same bathroom. a tiny bathroom. That was a pretty small bathroom. It was pretty small.
1: You you couldn't really camp out in there. No, no. no. Didn't stop you guys, though. From camping out in there? Some of us.
3: Who? I was not in the bathroom for an inordinate amount of time at all. I just wanted to put that on you. Ah, Okay. That was so funny, Mike. He's taking a (laughs) shot at you again.
1: Uh, What else did we learn? Uh, Well, we learned that, you know, sometimes... NFL players. They'll make you know a business decision and not make a tackle or kind of preserve their play not want to get injured. Uh, when it came to reading a list of things, we learned that Bob made a business decision today.
2: Colby Parkinson, DJ Dallas, Michael Jackson, Jake Curran, Miles Adams, and then some guys you've never heard of. Yep. Uh, Ty Okada, Patrick O'Connell, Brady Russell. Those are...
3: What but, about that Joshua guy? Joshua Onajogu. Nice work, Bob. Nice work. Onuji Gu. I saw it when we got to that. One. When we got to that one, I was reading along, and I'm like, "Yeah, I would skip that one." That's why I decided I
2: to tap out, Dave.
3: <laughs> Rabel and I before before the games when there's the scratches. Whenever there's a name like that, we're like, "Okay." Don't they give you guys like a phonetic spelling if there Barrett's. are those names? That well, usually on the uh, on the card that they leave that you find on your desk on game day. But, you know, the other thing is the really good ones will come down and talk to uh, the PR guys from the other team.
2: Yeah, like Maybe any any issues with any of these names or questions? Yeah. Or,
3: I remember you know. my, my very first game, calling a game during the regular season, was 2017. And it involved unique in Gokwe. Oh. And that that's why and our boy the professor would call him Yannick in or <laughs> Yannick, Unique in Gaklu. He was the best at putting in uh,
2: vowels and just letters that didn't even exist in the name.
3: <laughs> Lofa to poo poo. Breno uh, Giacomoli. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I always remembered that one, but yeah, some of these are, uh, they, they're difficult. There's no Daves and Bobs anymore, you know. People it's, just making uh, it
2: rough on everybody else. Yeah,
3: but um, there's, yeah, it's, and, and I would imagine if you had a name like that and somebody screwed it up, would you be like, ah, No, come on. you have to You'd be numb be, to it at yeah, that point, exactly.
1: right? Yeah, I would think so. We learn anything else? Yeah, we learned that uh, earlier today, Dave was literally trying to rain on our parade. Our thanks once again to Shannon Dreher, our Mariners insider,
2: joining us live from Peoria, where the Mariners have full squad workouts underway. Spring training is there. The weather's nice out there. Love hearing it. Can't wait for the season to start.
3: I hope it rains. (laughs) (laughs) What's
2: the matter with you? I don't know. We Bring that doom and gloom. Don't speak that evil in here. If you want to train next week, that's fine. This week, next week, just not when we're there. I'll be fine. We're still in Arizona. We're on vacation. Doesn't I, matter. We're on vacation. We're still working out there. Oh, yeah, that's right.
3: <laughs> that's right. That's right. We got to do shows out it's there. It's kind of the equivalent of me hoping that Matt and Mike get in a car accident on the way home. <laughs> yeah, when they're I hope doing it rains. their little, their little <laughs> racing thing.
2: Yeah. Where did that come from? Just out of no. You're just looking straight at your computer. I hope it rains.
3: <laughs> you were in a dark place. It felt like a dark moment. <laughs> yeah.
2: I love equating a light drizzle with two of your co-workers possibly injuring themselves very badly on the roads
1: those aren't the same dave that's not nice
3: well if it helps i was thinking of a downpour not a light drizzle so
1: (laughs) oh that makes it better does that make it better thanks okay good i'm glad he just wants your cars
2: ruined he doesn't want you guys to get hurt yeah and i
3: mean like i said i'll pay for the repairs just the just knowing that it happened would be uh reward enough for me
2: <laughs> brings such a smile to his yeah. face joy to his life yeah.
3: for the rest of my life I, i'll be able to think back on you two crashing into each other because you're jackasses that were racing home <laughs> and yeah and uh, it'll make me feel good oh uh. Did we, did we well, learn anything else?
2: Note,
1: no, I think we have to leave. <laughs>
2: <All right. laughs> Time to drive home. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, that does it for us. I want to thank our guest today, Shannon Dreyer, Andrew Brandt, talking to the NFL salary cap, and, of course, El Hombre, talking about everything. So if you missed any of today's show, you missed a whole bunch. So head to the podcast page at seattlesports.com. Click the podcast tab and click on our picture, and it's right there waiting for you. And do us all a favor, especially yourself. Click subscribe. just makes everything easier and everybody smiles. Have a great night, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with Wyman and Bob, Seattle Sports on 710.